You're listening to the Sewing and Growing podcast and radio show with Jay and Jay. We're live. Bueno, bueno, bueno. bueno. For those of you who speak Spanish, that is a common way to answer the phone. Maybe we would be better bueno. off in the English language if we started. Good. Just say good. Good. You know, some people say what's good. Hey, what's That's good? That's similar. But different. Bueno. Also, bueno is a type of chocolate bar. I told you about this. Have you tried the yeah. bueno bar? No, yet? I haven't. Got to try Where the bueno it? bar. They're all over. They're at every convenience store. Have they taken over like the new drink, Starry? You know what Starry was? What? Sierra Mist. Oh. They did a complete rebrand of Sierra Mist. Now it's Starry. Oh. It's got like 60 grams of sugar. It's I'm not, crazy. I had it. It's not it's very okay. It's not very good. All right. Back to bueno. Bueno Bar is a fantastic chocolate bar. It's light. It's wafery. It's oh so tasty. Have you had Taco Bueno? Yeah, that's it's the one like in Taco like Bell. Texas. Yeah, and in Tulsa. You don't bueno. have it. It's have all right. you had what's the one in Texas that I really like? There's one called Oh man. I'll think of it. But I really like this one in Texas. It's very good. And it seems similar to that Taco one. John's? I like Taco John's. I think Taco yeah. John's is good. I rarely ever go. There but used I do to be like a Taco, Taco John's. John's in Glenwood Springs. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, it was. Remember when it was Fat Cat? But before that, yeah. it was a liquor store. It was like out west, that, wild west liquors. At one liquors. point, was it Taco John's? Yes. Wow. Has a drive through window and everything. Taco I John's. A, there was a Mexican restaurant there a long time ago, and I had a tepache. You ever heard of tepache? No. My friend Eric Torres took me there for a tepache, which is like a pineapple kombucha, and that thing made me sick to my stomach. Wow. I don't know if it was kosher. Remember the the good old days when there was a Dos Hombres in Glenwood? Man, I, that was my favorite restaurant What as a was kid. that kid's meal? Really it was like there. a quesadilla pizza, like cheese crisp. What was it called? I didn't get that. I would get the chili rellenos. Oh, but what was it called? Cheese crisp? Cheese crisp, yeah. Huh. Those are good. And you get a, uh, you know. It's like an open face quesadilla, right? Yeah, and they cut it like a pizza, you know. Man, it must be. We're recording this midday. I think yeah. we need a snack. Ten-year-old me was living the high life with the cheese crisp and a Roy Rogers. Hmm. And my sister would get a Shirley Temple. I And they'd put the sword in the cherry, and that's yes, why I wanted it. Yes, I remember it. that. I said, just give me the sword. Make sure it's blue. <laughs> He's a man I'm here who for the knows sword. what he wants Don't want to live by the sword Because hey, you die by the sword ooh, That's in the word And the Jesus. word is known as the, the sword. sword So you're going to talk about something from the sword Yeah man From the sword with So from, <laughs> from the sword with Jonathan <laughs> Biblical Bev <laughs> uh, uh, I probably should give context to that last statement Yeah, Biblical Bev Beverly is on staff here at the church She's our bookkeeper She does a very great job and uh, she was sharing a revelation at staff meeting. And it was a good revelation because it was extremely biblical. She was talking said, about biblical, a, a dream of angelic help. And yeah, John said, that's biblical, Bev. And then we kind of made a joke out of that. If she had her own podcast, you know, biblical, biblical Bev, bookkeeping yeah, by Bev. That's a four Bs, biblical bookkeeping by Bev. And if someone already had a podcast, she could call it better biblical bookkeeping <laughs> by Bev. <laughs> that way she would uh, define herself. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Let's start. Um, you know, it's summertime. and uh, Depending oh. on when you listen to this, but I guess when this podcast drops, it will be summer. Yeah. Yes. Because What's the first June? day of summer is June 21st. Yeah. Which is the longest day of the year. Which is Yes. The, yeah. That's right. Summer solstice. Um, but your school has let out. So for all the students, for all the parents with students, summer is upon us. I think most schools are out. 
right? All schools are All out, schools unless are you're out. in summer school. So hopefully you don't got that summertime sadness, which is a song. Um, I want you to get that summertime gladness. Um, this is a, a youth sermon I taught on a number of years ago when I was a youth pastor, and I think is still pertinent to you today. Um, so if you're a parent and you have a student and you're wondering what's going on with them while you're at work, I can't give you those answers, but maybe I can help you with some guidance. And maybe if you're a student listening to this podcast, this will help you as well. So again, this was geared more towards youth students, but I'm going to apply it to adults as well. I still think it's very applicable and I call it surviving summer. So why don't we jump into this uh, survival? I really want to survive this, this summer. survival guide, the survival handbook. Uh, Cause even if you got a full-time job, summer still brings with it a, a, a mindset and a type of attitude that if you indulge in too much, it's not going to be beneficial. So surviving summer, I'm going to start with the word, with the sword. Okay. A blue sword and the Marciano cherry in the Roy Rogers. Let's go. Psalm one, uh, verse one through six says this. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. I have that bold. Each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. Verse 4, but the wicked, they are like worthless chaff scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly. For the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. You know, I'm not going to add anything to the word, but I think that there should be a Selah after that. I know David does that a lot in the Psalms. Describe what a Selah is. It means just ponder and think on that for a minute. It means stop and reflect. Um, my house that I grew up in was named Selah Blue. Did your father come up with it? My father my father came Selah up with it. He wanted to name everything. We, we drove a teal Nissan Quest named Chasm. No joke. No, Why? no, no, Why no, chasm? we drove a, hold on, that was wrong information, misinformation, we drove, it was still a teal Nissan Quest the minivan, the name was Lily, then, like that better than chasm. then we drove a gold Ford Expedition named Chasm. Why chasm? Because that's a name of a lake in Estes Park where my dad has deep roots. Lily Lake was one of the roots where our family homesteaded, one of the lakes our family homesteaded. And there's Chasm Lake, Dream Lake. So my dad wanted to just name things after meaningful spots he grew up in, no matter how uh, terrible it sounded (laughs) for a vehicle. Chasm. (laughs) Hey, kids, jump into into the chasm. Oh, no! So we yeah we had Lily Lake. Anyways, um, the the cabin that they that they built that his that his uh, his grandfather built that was named Tickety Boo, which I think is an English saying. Oh, Tickety Boo! Yeah, Tickety Boo. Um, I can't remember exactly what it means. I feel I like you know. do. I don't. Anyways, we named our house Sailor Blue. It was blue. My dad liked to just name things, so I grew up in Sailor Blue. That's cool. Yeah, cool that's way tidbit. off topic. I'm so sorry. Psalm one. We're talking about. Verse three is the one I wanted to highlight. The righteous, the people who delight in the law of the Lord, they're like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. God wants us to bear fruit in every season. So let's take that literally, even in summer. You know, natural trees usually produce fruit in one season. 
But if you belong to the Lord and you delight yourself in him, he is actually calling you to bear fruit in every season of life. So we're, we're taking that literally right now. We're, we're going to be bearing some fruit in the summer season. If a tree produces fruit, it means it's doing what it was created to do. So if you're in Christ, you should be producing something. You are planted like a tree along a river. This means you have been placed in the best environment with the best conditions to produce something Amen. with your life. Amen. You might be like, I live in silt. I'm talking spiritually speaking. If you're in Christ. Silt means dirt. Yeah. It's good to be planted hey, in dirt. Come on. Come on now. But if you're in Christ, it's like being planted by the banks of a river, which means that ground is saturated. That ground is producing something. If your life is hidden with Christ in God, the soil of being in Christ is enough to produce Come whatever on. he's called you to produce in life. Hallelujah. Yeah. So um, it also means this, to grow or increase. In every season, well, that's what produce means. Produce means to grow or increase. So in every season, we should be producing something. We should be growing. We should be increasing. So why why would God tell us this? Um, if it was just automatic, you know, we would just be producing without thinking like a natural tree does, but we have a choice and God is telling us, Hey, I want you to be alert and go through the seasons or, and, and not go through seasons where you aren't producing fruit. You're going, uh, you aren't doing what you were created to do. Wow. My, my speech is uh, suffering. Hold on. You aren't doing what you were created to do. If you're only growing and increasing in one season. Or maybe not at all. Maybe you're not growing. Maybe you're not increasing. Maybe you're not producing. That's We need to get you to that point. But if you find yourself in seasons of life where you are producing in one and not producing in the other, that's against scripture. God says, I want you to produce fruit in every season, every season of life. Um, so natural seasons, just thinking about them, they don't change in one day. Okay. They transition. It's a gradual change. And our life is the same way. You're going to transition into a new season. So right now, we're preparing for the transition of summer. Feels like summer on some of these days. It's pretty hot. But, um, you know, with, with the youth students, I would usually teach this message, you know, a month before they got out. So you're transitioning into summer break. So transition can be dangerous if you don't stay focused. Um, so I'll say this. Don't let the transition take you out. If you're not careful, like the transition is going to take you're you using out. using those T's. Hey, thanks. <laughs> transition. All right. So here's six tips for surviving summer. All right. Tip number one, summer, or it's, it's a tip, it's a point, it's a statement, whatever you want to call it. Summer is a great season, but a horrible lifestyle. It's a great season, but a horrible lifestyle. You know, the sun comes out. The beach balls come out as well, poolside, you're having fun, you're living life. But to use that as a, as a lifestyle is not good, right? You won't be successful in life if you live like it's summer. With the students, you know, it's usually eat, sleep, play Xbox, repeat. No responsibility, right? When you live your life in that manner with no responsibility, that's really unbiblical. The Bible says, in the beginning, God created he worked, he produced, right? He told Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. He told them to tend to the garden. That was before sin even entered the earth. So we see the pattern of work long before sin even entered the earth. God, his original design, if you look at the Garden of Eden, that was God's original design and original intent for mankind. Mm -hmm. To walk with him in the cool of the day, but to produce and to work. 
So if you aren't working, you're not being biblical. We are called to produce and create. So where is the work in your life? You're like, well, I have a nine to five job. That's great. Awesome. But there should never be an off season. I'm not saying you can't go and relax by the pool, but spiritually speaking, we need to be producing and adding to our lives, putting things in our lives that are cultivating um, and, and, and planting and watering. You know, you might be producing fruit now, but what are you doing? Are you planting seeds? Are you watering? Like, how, how do I Are say this? Are you preparing this? for the next season in the yeah, season? Yeah, you're preparing for in. the next season of harvest. In the natural, har- you harvest, what, twice a year? Depends. Um, but thinking about if you have, it's like continually casting your bread on the water, right? On every, on every wave, on every ripple. One, cast your bread upon the water and I'll return to you wave after wave. Nice. So having something on every wave means if you- If you sow in every on. season, you'll reap in every season. Glory to God. That's exactly what I was trying to say, but I was stumbling around it. Makes me think about working in our jobs. Uh, something our society has built is the five-day work week that has kind of taken over Western yeah. culture. But if you read the Old Testament, it seems like God was really interested in the six-day work week. Right. Because he said, six days you will do work. Yeah. And on this one day you will you rest. rest. Uh, you don't always spell work J-O-B, but... Work should be a part of our life and it shouldn't be something that makes us sad. It should be something that makes us glad because we have a promise from him that whatever we put our hands to will prosper. It's a partnership with God. Right. And again, I'm not trying to make this so literal where I'm saying you got to work every day and you're, and you're not saying that either, but we are talking about sowing seeds, uh, financially, spiritually investments into your own life, investments into other people's lives where you're not just, you don't just have one time a year where you're like, finally, here's the payoff. No, you're getting payoffs every single week because you're diligent to sow those I'm seeds. I'm thinking of this in America. We love football. And I know right. I started this podcast in Spanish. I'm talking about football Americano. I'm talking about throwing the pigskin. The summer for a lot of those football players, we would call their off, off season. season. Come on. What you're saying is don't look to any season of your life being an off season. Right. Is that fair to say? Yes, that's very fair. And a lot of those guys, even in the off season are training. I'll tell you what, our $250 million quarterback. Put in that work. He's putting in that work. He lost a lot of weight. Let's ride. Let's ride. Broncos nation. Let's ride. <laughs> <laughs> so that's point number one. Summer is a great season, but a horrible lifestyle. Don't forsake responsibility. And guess what? Whenever and wherever you take responsibility, you're given authority. And as Christians, we've been given the keys to the kingdom, but it's not like God, you know, it's not like a dad's throwing the keys to an infant says, here's the keys to the car, right? You got to be mature enough, right? Uh, A son who is immature, doesn't differ from a slave. That's in the Bible. Come on. So when you produce fruit, it's a sign of maturity which means you're producing, you're taking responsibility, you're getting more authority. Yeah, that, shout out to Pastor Mark. That's a Pastor Mark quote based off of Genesis. Yeah. But wherever you abdicate responsibility, you abdicate yeah. authority. The man blamed the woman, the woman blamed the snake, the snake and guess who has who's, technical who's authority? Who's the little G of this yeah, world? It's the devil. The snake. So summer's a great season, but a horrible lifestyle. Number two, when God speaks, obey. You just do it disobedience will desensitize you. The more you choose not to obey God, the harder it will be to hear him at all. So the voice of God sounds a lot like your leader instructing you. It sounds a lot like Pastor Mark. Sounds a lot like student, your youth pastor. Sounds a lot like your parents, right? God 
will speak audibly, but very rarely. He most of the time he speaks through people or the still small voice on the inside. Go I've ahead. Got something to say about that if you don't mind. I don't mind. I've been in this leadership cohort with this minister, and he had some great revelation off the story of Samuel and Eli. Mm-hmm. So Samuel was born to a barren woman, and she said, if I ever have a son, I will commit him to the Lord. So yeah. he lived in the temple with, in the temple with yep. Eli. We know that story where he woke up like four yep. times during the night, the first three times. He went to Eli and said, hey, what do you need from me? He's like, I'm sleeping, man. I did not call you. And the last time Eli realized... He's hearing from God. So the first thing, point that he got out of that was, you can be in the house of God and not recognize God's voice. Wow. Secondly is your leader will help you discern what the voice of God is. And third, God's voice is going to sound like your leader. Right. Because when he actually heard the voice of God, he was like, this is Eli. This is Eli. Yeah. And I thought that's great. Those are great great points. That's really good. Um. Yeah, so the voice of God sounds a lot like your leader instructing you. If you can obey in the little things, God will trust you with much more. So people who can't obey God are people who aren't useful to God, and that sounds kind of harsh, but God's looking for obedience. Um, 1 Samuel 15, 22, but Samuel replied, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? Mm. To obey is better than sacrifice. And that was actually, if you look at the concept, context of that story king saul disobeyed god he said burn everything destroy everything he kept a lot and then he made a sacrifice to god and thought it would be great he thought it would be a show and he learned pretty quick that that obedience is better than sacrifice and john bevere said this quote it's hardcore i'm thankful for the grace of god because i have not fulfilled this quote very often but he says based off that story Partial obedience is not be obedience yeah, at all. It's Partial obedience is disobedience. <clears throat> Ouch. Man. Obedience, it also demonstrates our submission to God's authority and our trust in his wisdom. When we say, hey, God, I believe you. I trust in you. But you're not obeying. It literally does not work. Um, it's what proves, it's what demonstrates our submission to his authority. When we hear God's voice through his word or our le- or leaders or prompting of the Holy Spirit, Um, it's crucial that we respond with obedience and obedience also deepens our intimacy with God. So Jesus said this in John 14, 23, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and he will come to them and make our home with them. So when we obey God's commands, we're literally inviting his presence. It will deepen your intimacy with him. So that's point number two, when God speaks, obey. Point number three, be eternally minded, think on eternal things, the things of God. Romans 12, 2, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. That's the message translation. God wants to change the way you think. And I, and some for some of us, maybe it just starts with thinking at all. I mean, that sounds hard, kind of hard, but in the don't, summer- Don't do our audience Sometimes like you, you're just not even thinking. And I, I, I'm raising my hand right now, everybody. Sometimes you just don't even think. Sometimes the thoughts only go as deep as the volleyball in the backseat of the Tiburon. <laughs> I talked about that a couple yeah, of podcasts yeah. ago. So it would be it'd be wise to maybe just ha- have a few uh, questions that you kind of just ask yourself, hey, is this a good idea? Right? Will this affect my relationship with Jesus? Will this cause someone else to stumble? Why? Right? Great things to ask yourself. We can't just go with the flow. The Bible says wide is the way that leads to destruction, but narrow 
or and many are on it, but narrow is the way that leads to life and few find it. Right? So everybody is going with the flow. If you're going with the flow, you're flowing towards destruction. Um, and temptations are going to come your way this summer. So it's important to, to think critically and to think eternally. Keep your mind on the right things because a lot of people are going to be going uh, the wrong way. And, oh, go ahead. Finish your thought. Well, I was going to say the most people, I, I can't remember the the scientific term for it, but we tend to think that if the majority of the population thinks a certain way, then that makes it correct. But that's it's like not, a majority bias. Yeah, that's majority bias. Um, but I love, you know, a, a leader that I've listened to for a while says this, that one man with a conviction is the majority. So if you're convicted by the Holy Spirit, you have the word on the inside of you. Guess what? You're going to be going against the grain, but you are the majority, um, which means you have the most power. What I was going to say about eternal mindset in the middle of summer, and this is true for young adults, youth students, and single adults, is when the sun comes out, we want to be in some summer love. We want to find our soulmate if we're not married. And many a summers have been wasted in fruitless relationships Mm -hmm. that didn't pan out to be your spouse. And I remember one day I was on our zero turn mower when I was working maintenance here, and I was thinking about marriage. And I realized even marriage isn't an eternal reality. Jesus told the Sadducees, he said, Hey, there's no marriage in heaven. Your question isn't even legit. So if you are consumed in your mind, Romans 12, one and two, have you submitted your mind to the fact that even that deep desire for a spouse might be distracting you more than it's helping you Mm. because there's no marriage in heaven except for your marriage to Christ. Mm. Yeah. And for those, the you know, the youngers who are wanting to date a lot, it's really hard to think critically and think eternally. But the, one of the questions you need to be asking about the relationships that you're getting into is, it, is it producing fruit in my life and that person's life? How am I changing? How am I growing? How are they changing and how are they growing? If there's none of that taking place, then it's wasting time. Let's see here. Amen. <laughs> Um, we already had a, a podcast a while ago about dating. It's a good one. I think you should go save back and date. listen to it. Yeah. Save the date. Uh, number four, be intentional with your influence. So the people who are around you are around you for a reason you are having an effect on them. So we've said this before. You don't get to choose whether you influence someone or not or be influenced. Like you are always influencing and being influenced. It's either positive or negative. Um, Leadership is influence, yeah. plain and simple, and how you use that influence matters. Yeah. Um, I don't have much more to say on that. I think I uh, deleted my notes. I like this thought. <laughs> I'll, I'll say something yeah. real quick about that. I like this thought that Pastor Zane told a former youth student who right now isn't living for God. I, I pray for him that he comes back to God, but he was an inspirational student to a lot of students. He he was one of those evangelistic kids that yeah. if you got him excited and he would get people to come to youth, which is great for numbers. But <laughs> Pastor Zane told him, hey, you're going to lead people. Yeah. And I brought this up on the podcast. He looked at him and said, you're going to lead people. The question is, are you going to lead them to Christ? You're going to lead them to hell. It's up mm. to you. And there's no middle ground in influence. Right. You're leading them up or you're leading them down. Yeah. Um, uh, number five is this, be kind to all but close to few. 
Um, it's really easy um, to, you know, broaden our circle. Uh, and some people use that excuse. You know, we know that in Proverbs it says there's wisdom and a multitude of counsel. Um, but I think that is really talking about a few close leaders that you really trust. Um, it's not just t- about having everybody come into your life and try and speak to you and speak into your life. Um, that can be pretty problematic. I've experienced that before you let the wrong people in. Um, so you want to be kind and loving to everyone. God's called us to love everybody, but your circle should be pretty, should be pretty, pretty closed off. It should be pretty few people. Um, so that's just something to not just for in the summer, but think about it. Who, who, what's your friend group? Like, how big is it? Are they producing fruit? The same questions that you need to be asking that that we've talked about before. Is this producing fruit? Am I helping them produce fruit? Be kind to all, but close to few. Um, You know, 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says, bad company corrupts good morals. Um, That's pretty wise. It should should have been in Proverbs. The interesting Uh, thing about that statement, it was from a philosopher mm. who wasn't even a Christian. Uh, Paul quoted, his name was Menander, I believe. Nice. But he was a Greek philosopher and Paul just took it because it's a common quote and put it into the Bible. That's amazing. Yep. Bad company corrupts good morals. Sounds kind of like a Greek stoic statement. It kind of does. Yeah. Um, and number six, influence is better than popularity. Mm. Um, this really stems from the, uh, the innate desire to be known. Everybody has that desire. The problem with popularity is that um, you tend to do whatever it takes to maintain popularity. Say that again. Um, you, That's true. You, the problem with popularity is that you tend to do whatever it takes to maintain popularity, mm. um, which means that you will change who you are, what you do, what you believe, what you say to appease the masses. You see that with YouTubers and TikTokers. They even say this. All right, comment below. What should I do in my next video? Come on. Right. What will the, what, what does the crowd want? I'll do that to maintain the viewers that I have and grow in popularity. Which if based off your statement, if leadership is influence, that means you're out ahead, you're leading something. But if popularity determines what you do, it's leading you. You're not, you're being influenced by them. It's not leadership. Yeah. And and people tend to think the amount of subscribers or followers I have on any type of social media platform, the more well-known I am, the more influence I have. And to a degree, those people, like if Mr. Beast says, do this, a lot of people will probably do that. But what he does is he studies analytics and does things that he knows people want and like and asks for input. Right. So again, it's being led by the wrong thing. So uh, influence is better than popularity. Um, you know, how do you know that the hundred thousand followers that you have on Instagram, how how do you know that you're actually influencing, uh, the decisions that they make? It's, it's really hard. It's really hard to tell that. So a lot of young people, um, I mean, you ask you, if you asked people 20 years ago, what they wanted to be when they grew up, you know, you would have some pretty different answers than today, you know, doctor, uh, fireman, policeman, uh, professor, go to the army, things like that. Now, when you ask people, they want to be YouTube famous. They want to be a TikToker um, because they see the fame, the popularity that comes with it. But it's so different. It's completely different than influence. So don't fall into the trap of thinking that your popularity is the same as influence. So I'll just say those all one more time and then we can be done. Number one, summer is a great season, but a horrible lifestyle. Number two, when God speaks, obey. 
Number three, be eternally minded. Think on eternal things. Think on God. Number four, be intentional with your influence. Five, be kind to all but close to few. And six, influence is better than popularity. Those are six tips um, for surviving summer and really surviving every season. If you apply all those, I think you'll be on the right track to bearing fruit, producing fruit in every season of your life. I like it. That's what I got. I like it. Wisdom of the day. Let's do it. I just, this was a great podcast. Great work, man. Great notes. Great points. A lot to live up to. I've been in this season where I've been listening to a signature series by Stephen Covey about the seven habits of highly effective people. And I really enjoy it. And the second habit, start with the end in mind, has been working with me, working on me and working with me. That sounds cool. Working on, working with. But he has a couple statements that, what do you want your life to be? You're the programmer. And there's a practice that he encourages people to do. And I want to do it. And what it is, is to imagine yourself at your 80th birthday party and the different people around at your 80th birthday party, your wife, what do you want her to say at your 80th birthday party? Your kids, what do they want? What do you want them to say about you at your 80th birthday party? Your coworkers, what do you want them to say about your 80th birthday party and community members and have an answer for each one of those? He said, whenever a building is built, It's built twice. It's built on paper before the earth has ever moved. And if you didn't build it on paper first, it would cost twice as much because you've had so many change orders. And we take that kind of care and attention to natural things, how much more Mm. to our life. And when you brought up popularity, this is kind of a summarization of everything you said here. You said that it's really influenced by what other people want. And he said, deeply and practically our lives have been shaped by what other people show us mm-hmm. instead of uh, being for Christians, us designed by God. Uh, so I think it's great mm. to really think through this season and make sure that the decisions we make are honoring God and honoring where he's taking us. Wow. You know what you said at the beginning of there, uh, I actually got to experience that at my family reunion. I was just at, I was at my wife's her her mom's side of the family, the reunion, we were in Kelowna, British Columbia, and her grandmother's turning 80. And so it was a really significant time. Wow, look at that. And we looked, we were sitting in the living room, and her son was talking about her and just the influence that they had. And we looked around the room, and every single one, uh, every single person in the family is following Christ and married someone that is following Christ. And what a testament to her and her grandfather, or, you know, and her husband, I should say, my wife's grand grandparents, um, just about their faithfulness to each other, faithfulness to the Lord. And everyone in there just talked about those qualities in her. And, you know, they had been married. I can't remember how many years. Um, they've been married quite a long time. Uh, I want to say over 50 years. And divorce was never an option for them i'm kind of going off topic a little bit but we're talking about her being 80 and the influence and what people in the family were saying about her we it was all very honoring we want our summers every season of our lives to be dictated and determined by what matters most and that's another book by stephen covey and i had brought this up in a previous podcast but again i think about these things a lot and i'm glad i think about these things a lot mark batterson who wrote a famous book called The Circle Maker and is a pastor in Washington, D.C., wrote a book called Play the Man, and we talked about that in a podcast. But he said men often work 
on resume virtues when what really matters are eulogy virtues and thinking, is it just climbing one more rung of success or is it being a success in what matters most? And sometimes Mm -hmm. those things matter differently and recognizing it and living by those principles. Yeah. All right. Random. Sorry. No, What's good. your wisdom uh, of the day, well, man? It, along those lines, it's just kind of what we talked about at the end, influence being better than popularity. And the problem with popularity is you tend to do, say, and think what will help you maintain the popularity of those who follow you. So you're actually being changed and you're conforming to their patterns um, and the influence is actually reversed. So be mindful of that and understand the, understanding the difference between influence and popularity because you have one doesn't mean that you're automatically granted the other. Um, so And one is better than the other. And one is very much better than the other. You can be popular and have influence. There's a lot of people, godly men and women who are doing that, but... Anyways, uh, that's it, y'all. Um, that's like about a 32-minute podcast. Well done. All right, let's pray, and then we'll let you go. Uh, Father God, we thank you um, for summer. <laughs> I love summer, like uh, um, the opportunities that come with it. But, Father God, we understand and we realize the temptations that also come with it, Father. So help us uh, be intentional with our time, what we do. Help us. Um, to hear and understand your voice and be obedient when you say something, Father God, that when we get to the end of the summer season, we can honestly say that uh, we bore fruit in that season along with other other seasons that you've called us to bear fruit in. Father God, I thank you that you're equipping us and empowering us to be influential and grow and produce in our lives and the lives of others. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And we have some exciting things planned. We're going to have some more guests. We're going to have our pastor back on the podcast. And it's all part of the Sewing and Growing podcast with Jay and Jay.